This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Tom on from iSolved, who I should just go ahead and say, Tom is a friend. I've known Tom for, well, I won't even say how many years, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, would embarrass, it. it would embarrass both of us. So let's just say for a long time in a lot of different capacities. And I'm uh, happy to have him on the podcast, want him on the podcast more often. But our topic today is the TA challenges that can be solved with predictive people analytics. So Tom, uh, do me a favor and do the audience a favor and introduce both yourself and iSolved. Sure. Um, so um, my name is Tom McEwen. Um, I'm currently senior product owner at uh, ISOL HCM. I've uh, been in the <clears throat> software industry about 30 years, but about 20 of them in the HR software industry. I've been with uh, a couple of uh, mid-market companies that have gotten ac- uh, acquired by larger companies. The most recent one before um, uh, at HR Smart was the most recent one before I founded my own company, uh, Trend Data, which was a, a predictive people analytics company. So we basically aggregated data from across the multiple HR sources where we were able to, um, you know, forecast trends into the future on what might, might happen and also uh, offer suggestives through a modeling capability of what you can do to improve the future. Um, so I'm located here in, in Dallas, uh, uh, married with two children, and that's uh, me in a nutshell. <laughs> and so, with your with your own company, you uh, I solved obviously saw the value, mm-hmm. um, which is really smart of them, um, and 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 the overlay of what they do, and and the overlay of what you do, it makes the their customers better, etc. Could you kind of take us into not not the acquisition, um, but but why it made sense? for yeah. them and what they do and, and have done historically and uh, where they want to take, where they, where it makes sense for them and, and their customers. Sure. Um, so um, I solved is a full end to end HR um, software uh, solutions uh, company. They've got uh, um, everything from recruiting and onboarding in the beginning through um, uh, HR uh, payroll, talent management and learning all the way through. And uh, what they were missing was uh, uh, kind of an end-to-end analytics tool that could kind of look at employees and trends from all the way to the genesis of when they were candidates till, you know, they became vice presidents or whatever. And what, um, when we first uh, started Trend Data, we had, uh, we built the solution for a, Mid small to mid market uh, company uh, companies, and uh, uh, we had partnered up with a couple of um, companies like ADP to help service that particular market because um, we found basically that um, you know it was uh, still a, a, a decent sales cycle if you were taking it from an independent, but for the small to mid size uh, companies, they wanted to um, buy it with a larger vendor that had. 
um, offerings like iSolved did. So actually, we started out talking to iSolved about partnering where we would be their analytics provider, and it quickly right. um, progressed into them saying, well, this is something you know, we're really needing when we exist to the next level. <laughs> we, we really like what you've done here. Yeah. We, no, no, we really, really like what you've done here. Whoa, whoa wait a minute. This, this escalated quickly. I wasn't, yeah. wasn't quite ready for this conversation. Um, well, and, and I, I've followed, obviously, what you've been building and, and love what you've built. And, and I'm so happy that, that they saw the value in it and that you're happy uh, there as well. Because you, mm-hmm. you're essentially running kind of what you were running, but running it inside ISOL. Right. Essentially, uh, you know, they've they've got a really good um, approach when they acquire uh, technologies and companies like this is they kind of let you exist in your pod. You know, um, I'm not running uh, a sales organization or doing my finances anymore or raising money, which is nice. I really just get to concentrate (laughs) on building the product. Mm -hmm. And then I push it out to their great sales and marketing organization. And, uh, you know, it's really, really caught fire within the company. We've we've, uh, probably sold about uh, four times what we sold when we were trying to data HR as far as oh, number yeah. of clients. Yeah. Well, that's, this is the thing. They've got a bevy of clients and, and it makes sense, right? So yep. you literally can just go into the client install without even going out to new. You can just go into the client install and just go, hey, this is what we do. It's already right. in alignment and uh, makes sense. So let's talk about the challenges that TA faced. You, you've obviously worked mm-hmm. on the recruiting side, uh, of software side. And so you've seen all this. And mm-hmm. as a founder, you had to recruit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so you've been on the practitioner, practitioner side right. as well, uh, thrown into that deep end of the pool. Um what what do you see as the challenges? And then let's dig into the, the predictive people analytics. So what challenges are they facing today that you see? Well, you know, we're, we're in this uh, kind of crazy economic environment. You know, a recruiting has been tough just for the longest time because unemployment's been so low and there's uh, it's been such a tight talent market. Um, and even it seems right now is with, you know, inflation going up, unemployment seems to be you know, down low. So it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of a double whammy. It's a tight labor market and you have to pay people for it to get them, uh, you know, to come work for you. And um, what um, what we, we constantly see is uh, um, how can you look at somebody deeper into their employment um, so that you can get a better idea of what you're looking for in candidates? Uh, so um, a big part we've been able to do with the solution is, um, be able to you know track someone from their candidates uh, status where you got them from you know source of hire is huge um, you know what kind of experiences did they had and be able to not only track that through to where they're hired but also continue on through to what they did when they're employed so you could look at someone who's a high performer two years into um, their employment with a company and be able to go back and say all right, these are the things we were looking for. And this was a good place where we got them, things like that. I like that. And what I like on the, especially on the, on the funnel side is the conversion rates. So those Mm -hmm. that you found, again, you're dealing with source of hire. So if they, if you found them on indeed, great, fantastic. Then they, then they, they make it through what's whatever the the gauntlet is of uh, assessments or screening or whatever, but they make it through and all of a sudden they're interviewed and then they make it through that process. So at each point, just like in sales, there's a conversion, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so, so it's, yeah. I, I always find it fascinating when I talk to to uh, global heads of talent acquisition. They they know their conversion rates. Like mm-hmm. they know in general for all of their hires, but they can even kind of drill into the conversion rates by job. Um, so I, I love that. Um, I also love that you're, you're you're getting. Are you with the experiences? That's the candidate experience. Are you are you doing that mostly? Are you thinking of that mostly in like surveys and asking them the candidates where they are? Yeah, mostly uh, we've, we've done most of it from once they become employees. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, finding the the right phase, you know, like a, a when they're in the candidate experience and trying to, if possible, you know, get uh, you know why did someone get all the way to practically getting an offer and then decide not to go? Was it the company? Was it a better offer? You know, what could you have done, you know, as far as, you know, reading people's minds and such. But, you know, those are things you can pick up through the process. And uh, and you've seen, you know, it's a good analogy, like a sales funnel. Um, you know, it's usually gigantic before it squeezes into the very end and how many deals or candidates come out of it. And if you think of it from the standpoint, you know, of a recruiter, you know, if you're interviewing 100 people to get down to five candidates, you know, it's a big manpower push and if you could you know eliminate as many of the people who um not only are um um, you know not qualified but also who don't have a big likelihood of coming with you you know you could probably uh you know uh, they're four times as effective or at least cut the burden down on people four times i love this so Predictive people analytics. So when we're talking about predictive, you're, you're, you're basing this off data that you're already sitting on top of. What's, I want to ask this question first to start off is what's the, is there reticence for people to trust the predictive part of data? Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, uh, but you have to look at it more in the terms of trends than the individual's. So uh, whether it's um, candidates, employee, you know, candidates to be hired, employees be performed, terminations, why did they term? It's more along the lines of are things going in the right direction and what can I do to get the arrow going the other direction? I always make the analogy that, um, you know, we're not trying to figure out uh, uh, when Joe is going to quit. Is it going to be November 11th, you know, 2023? But we're trying to say I've got 20 guys like Joe. Um, what's the likelihood I'm going to be able to keep 18 of them the next year? Or, you know, what, uh, what's the, you know, the projection of how many I'm going to keep or I'm going to lose. And you look at it from that side, and that's where you get the aggregating the data and the retention scores and the, um, the hiring scores and everything where you can at least predict in the future, the trends, um, but as if not as uh, so much, you know, the individual and with the uh, combination with ISOLV data, that you've got more data that you can sit on to, to actually help with predictive, right? Because some of the, the, I guess, mistrust is they don't trust, it's like in, in recruiting, they don't trust their ATS data. Yeah. And, and so I can see there being kind of a, okay, you know, I don't really trust it. It's a mess. I don't, you know, it's too easy to cast new and I don't really trust it. I get, I actually kind of get that argument. But y'all are sitting on much more than just an ATS data. Y'all are sitting on great, and it's accurate data because the one thing in HR you cannot mess up is payroll. Yeah. <laughs> so you're sitting you on. You'll hear about it pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting on great data. So 
what other what other ways can are are you thinking about the in you know predictive and using not just the data that we're using in recruiting but also you know the other forms of data that you have at iSolved yeah so um when you think about it uh you're really looking at the whole end to end experience uh, you know we kind of talked about at the beginning but you know how someone gets into the company um what's their experience like in the company what are the things that make them perform and, um, you know, ISOL has got that whole end to end with all of their solutions. It was kind of funny. I used to have a diagram, which I would talk about, you know, these are the places where we pull data from. And uh, I was able just to put our logo on that one spot because they had all the they had all of the those different solutions from end to end. Um, so, you know, being able to pull from more just and then just candidate data is like you say, the payroll data, which which is key. I mean, um you know, why do most people leave? Someone offers them a higher salary or um, uh, what's the um, thing that you'll like to say here about most quickly is if payroll's not performing correctly. Right. Uh, so that data has got to be accurate. And um, uh, my, my dream, which I never quite got to there at, um, at uh, trend data was to be producing our own benchmarks with uh you know, a really large um, volume of data. And that's, uh, that's something we're definitely uh, uh, going to be offering through iSolved in the future. It's, you know, basically taking their data, throwing it into an instance of our analytics and being able to produce really good granular, you know, not only what's your turnover rate for your company, but, you know, what's the likely turnover rate for the industry, but, you know, down to this person in this job at this location with this many years of experience. And and what I love about that is you can even separate turnover into turnover, turnover, and regrettable turnover. All know? of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. How many uh, with quality of hire? What type of uh, questions did you you know were you were you were being asked, and are you being asked now as it relates to quality of hire? Um, yeah, that's a lot of good questions along that. First of all, is uh, you know the first thing you try and track is. Uh, you know, uh, how, how long are they going to stay? You know, uh, every time I look at a statistic, it's somewhere mm-hmm. between 25 and a third of people quit within six months. And, uh, uh, you know, from your business, if someone leaves really inside of a year, you've lost money on them because you, know, you spent most of the time that training, getting them up to speed and they haven't really been, uh, productive. So like kind of the first, you know, one is, you know, hiring people who are going to stay there for a while. Um, and then also moving from that is, uh, you know, once you're into a year plus, you're looking at, you know, how well do they perform, you know, having measurements for that. Um, and then kind of the, 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 the third uh, leg is, uh, you know, these people are also people who are going to be leaders someday, or, and it doesn't have to be a leader of people, but just be a leader of technology or, um, you know, a, a leader of marketing prowess or something, or just a, you know, really high-performing, always reliable salesperson. And then looking at it from those three phases, first of all, are they going to stay there? Second of all, are they going to perform? And third, you know, what's the next step to helping you, you know, lead the whole company into better success? Do you, do you see now, or do you see it as something you do in the future where you connect, as you, as you said, source of where we found these folks all the way to, we placed these folks all the way to they performed 
And then we want to, internal mobility-wise or otherwise, we want to move them into other roles in the form. We want to grow them, uh, retain them. Uh, and, and looking at that, like the DNA of who works well here, or yeah. maybe by position, maybe by uh, geography or whatever, whatever, whatever that may be. But like, I've heard this in the past, people talking about, we're trying to solve for the DNA mm-hmm. of who will thrive here. And, and, you know, when you first, you know, I think it was your second statement, you said, you know, we want to get to source of hire and kind of connect the dots all the way into performance. But do you, do you find yourself wanting to go deeper into that to like solve for your clients uh, the actual DNA of, of who will thrive? Yeah, there's a, and uh, you know, that's a lot of along more along the lines of what kind of data you can collect. Right. um, Because, um, uh, you know, you've, uh, you and I probably both experienced, you know, great high performers who are the biggest jerks in the world. (laughs) 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 So, you know, you can get a, uh, someone, you know, blowing their quote out every day, but um, nobody wants to talk to them. And, you know, so, um, so other uh, aspects, um, you know, a lot of tools like, for example, um, uh, inside of iSolve, inside their share and perform tool, they track a lot of things like uh, how often are you, you know, socially posting about the company or, um, uh, you know, kind of actively communicating with one another and things. And those are a lot of good data points you can pick up as, you know, as someone in addition to being a performer, uh, a positive corporate citizen. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. So you're not even looking at just performance, performance. You're looking at also, uh, I want to say more of the values fit and uh, are, are they a good person, which is kind yeah. of. Yeah. And that's something, you know, uh, as a, an outside, uh, you know, like an independent, like we were at Trend Data. And even before when I was at uh, HR Smart, we had a full talent management suite. Our um, performance was really modeled just around rating people and giving them performance scores. Uh, the offering we have here is a lot more expanded uh, where you can, um, you know, get um, a little bit more beneath that as to, like I say, what kind of a coworker they are, uh, you know, uh, um, representative of the company, you know, just in their, in their your da- daily uh, activities and stuff. So you can get a little bit more to that, like you're saying, the DNA beyond just them, uh, you know, doing their job well and, you know, um, you know, being a producer. So I should have probably done this at the very beginning, but let's do it now. So starting with a, um, a client and, and a talent acquisition, you know, a leader, mm-hmm. where do you, where do you start with it? With, you know, where do you start with them in terms of data? Um, Cause you know, I, I know in the few folks that I deal with, there's not, it's not embarrassment. It, or guilt, but it's just, it's just, you know, that they're not, they're not data wizards. They're not, they're not trying to be data wizards. And so where do you tend to start with them and say, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to connect A to B to C to D A and here's the data that we need. And here's what we're going to then be able to give back to you. Like, and then of, of which you can talk about things that aren't proprietary, of course, but like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. how well, do you, very, what's the yeah. process? Well, very basically, you know, you start with, um, you know, how many uh, requisitions do you have and how are you uh, uh, attracting candidates? And just even getting that basic information into the system as to um, tracking those two flows. You've got open requisitions and you get candidates in the process. Um, and then uh, it's really along the line of the candidate is what you can 
tag on to that, uh, you know, source of hire is something you control, you know, you know where you got people from. But as far as, you know, bringing the candidate and, and kind of filtering out, you know, what their experiences were, um, uh, what they've done prior, um, different roles they might have had, even things that they do outside of the company, um, as much as you can bring that forward. And uh, a lot of times what I see is uh, uh, companies will actually gather a lot of that in the uh, ATS process, but then it doesn't move over into the employee record later on. So you've got like all this great information on what created this person and brought them into your livelihood, uh, but you, you, you put their employee record into the HRS system and uh, you have no idea where else they worked or what languages they spoke or where else they might've lived. Um, so uh, really it's once you get the, the clarity of uh, the candidate process, it's uh, what more you can collect in there. And it doesn't have to be, you know, 500 fields in a survey, but, you know, just a, a basket of key things that you may have pulled backwards from successful employees as to what you'd be looking for in candidates. I love that. And are we are we solving it on any level kind of because uh, candidate satisfaction, obviously, candidate experience and candidate satisfaction is super important. But you're also seeing kind of a growing importance around employee satisfaction, mm -hmm. uh, EX, right? So are we at any point looking at like recruiter satisfaction or hiring manager satisfaction in, in, in the way that we look at analytics? Like it's if. And, and I don't want to lead you, but I'm yeah. but I'm thinking about like if we're over indexing on the candidate, which is great, but recruiters are unhappy, hiring managers are unhappy. Then then how much are we really moving the needle? Yeah, no, uh, that that um, you know a lot of my experience before you know in my early career was in sales, um, and you know I was like that was a you know a, a tough job because it's always what have you done for me lately, um, <laughs> and it's, it's it's the same in recruiting. I mean, you know they're just they're just meeting a quota of people and um, uh, <clears throat> both to the point where, you know, you don't want to burn them out and have them leave, but you also want to um, uh, concentrate on more than things than just filling seats. You right. know, uh, you know, talk about that, you know, yeah, how do you get them to, you know, spend the time to get that extra special candidate, um, you know, without saying, well, you've talked to that person 10 minutes longer and you could have talked to five other people or something. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good point you bring up and just, um, you know, you, if you talk about a, a profession that probably has a, a, particularly in the last couple of years with the hiring, just being what it is, is a burnout profession. That would be one to really, um, you know, as a, as a, a detailed survey to talk to those people about what they're, um, experiencing. Yeah, I'd, I'd also think about the you know the opposite side with especially with hiring managers. It, I, I see a lot of frustration or hear about a lot of frustration from recruiters and sources that pass over a slate of candidates, and then hiring managers don't follow up with them or you know just there's just like some hiring managers. It's not their job. I mean, they're managers that just so happen to hire, and uh, and so uh, you know that there's some of them are better than others. And I think that having some type of insight into that would, would also be helpful for recruiters and sourcers to understand like, okay, with this hiring manager, they're just not responsive, as responsive as uh, another hiring manager. Okay. Well, like knowing that, having that insight and knowing that lessens the, lessens the anxiety. 
Yeah. You know, like I know what I'm walking into if I know that. And yeah, and, and uh, it's tough for you know different types of personalities. Uh, again, since I was you know probably my my you know basic training in my career was sales. Whenever I was managing people, regardless of uh, you know the area they were in, is like uh, you know the sales. It's always be closing, and as a manager, it's you know ABR. ABR you should always be recruiting. I mean, yeah, I mean. <laughs> You know, you might not have an opening, but if you meet a, you know, a dazzling candidate at a trade show who maybe is happy where I am, you make sure you make a note of that and keep that in the file uh, when you have an opening. You, you know, you start looking at these people because um, having to always start from zero is 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 really tough. But it's a, uh, you know, not not necessarily. You know, you get into DNA. You know, if you have a sales manager, they might think like that. But um, does a an engineering manager or a product manager necessarily think like that. And that, and that's kind of a, a mindset you should kind of try and uh, from a top-down level at a corporation with your management, your leaders, just, you know, always be thinking about that open position, even when you don't have one. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Last question, uh, Tom, and so uh, once you put on kind of your, 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 uh, your kind of predictive hat and, uh, and, and what is the f- kind of the future of predictive people analytics for TA pros? Like what should, you know, we're not going to go out to flying cars, but like what, what should they be looking at like next year and the year after? Like what should, what type of data and analytics metrics should they be con- thinking about already now so that they build towards that? Uh, over the next couple, uh, 18 months, two years? Well, the big, the biggest thing is, you know, what are the factors that can um, you eliminate in that early process to get you down to um, um, a, a funnel that's good people um, that you can start with? You know, again, we'll go back to the, the, the sales comparison. You know, uh, the guy next door could be a lead, but you have to call on him, qualify him, uh, find out what he's got and everything. You know, the, the predictive part could be something that could eliminate all of that and get you down to a point. All right, this person is, uh, you know, definitely um, in the business. Um, his sentiment is he's looking. You know, I've seen some tools out there even that, you know, like uh, they scrape industry um, uh, job boards and stuff and they can give a grade to someone who's, uh, even if they're in their job, whether they're someone who might be looking based on, you know, how often they scan the internet or visit job boards or log on to LinkedIn. Um, so I, I think um, from a predictive standpoint, being able to identify people, particularly people, you know, in positions um, who are successful, who are on the ready so that, um, you know, you're reaching out to someone who uh, was thinking about leaving, but wasn't at least at the point where they were going to start putting their resume out there. And then you kind of get to them before, uh for um, everybody else. It's like, you know, buying that house before it goes on the market. I love it. I could talk to you forever. Tom, thank you so much for your time and wisdom today. I absolutely appreciate you, brother. No problem. Always a pleasure, Bill. And I look forward to our conversations as well. Absolutely. Thanks everyone for listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.